for listening to the Life Church Connect series with Pastor Josh Love. For more info about any ministry talked about in this podcast or things going on around the church, check out our website, livechurchofcolumbia.org. Hey, welcome back to Life Church Connect series. We are on episode three, and today we're hanging out with Colby and Taylor Schultz. How are you guys doing today? We're awesome. Wonderful. Good deal. And also, we got Scott back. What's up? <laughs> uh, we're excited to get in some questions, testimonies today. But first, I want to remind all of you listening, if you haven't been to our website yet, you should definitely go check it out. It'll connect you to all our social media, our ministries, our events, small groups. Uh, it has a list of leaders coming soon. You'll be able to connect and contact. So if you get a chance, uh, go check out the website. So, all right, Colby, Taylor, are y'all ready for today? Yes. Awesome. All right, so listen, this is how we're going to start. We're going to start pretty chill. Uh, I just want y'all to give a little bit about yourself, maybe your family, uh, your new little family, uh, (laughs) hobbies, and and even what you do here at Life Church. Well, awesome. Well, we've been married since August of uh, 2016, so we're just getting our little family kicked off. But uh, as far as hobbies and stuff like that, we both just enjoy the outdoors, anything outside, man, just as our little family love to fish get out enjoy cooking with our young adults here at life church that's just kind of our heart there's people spending time with them building community that's really a lot of what we like to do in our free time you know is our little family awesome yeah it's it's been awesome since we've been married we've been um had a lot of growth within the past six months now and seeing that and seeing us just go for God and ministry and everything else together as a couple has been awesome. And and just like he said, we love seeing people. Uh, we love loving people. We love serving people. And that's definitely our heart here at Life Church. And as far as like what we do here at Life Church, it, it kind of all comes out of exactly what she just said. Is a, you know, I'm an outreach pastor here at Life Church. She's a missions pastor. And uh, it's crazy because we see our identity as a family kind of come out in our ministry. It's like God prepared us as far as our personalities, how he created us, what we love, what we enjoy. It's like it's crazy and in so many ways that before we got married, I thought God was sculpting me in an area I knew I would go. But then when we got married, it's like he put all the pieces together. It's like little things that were missing that I'd have never experienced who I fully was until I experienced her and the way she is. And it's so cool because the the family, we love to be spending time with people as a family. We love people coming to our home. And, and uh, it's so cool because it's really portrayed and carried over into our ministries we do here. So it's exciting. Yeah. I know the feeling. You think you know what you're going to be, and then you get married, and it's not. <laughs> no, but it's so real. And I thought it was neat, and really that's why we brought y'all in together today, because we felt like y'all's ministry runs so parallel, and, and the dynamic of being a couple, which we'll get into a little later. But um, I don't know, it's just a neat dynamic, and it was awesome to see that whole area take place, you know. And I'm, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I put y'all together in the beginning. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Cole. Appreciate it. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> uh, but this, this is what I want to go. And actually, I'll start with you on this one, Taylor. Um, how, did you, how did you end up in your area of ministry? Like, how did you get to the place where it was just, because for us, I mean, it was obvious when we started looking at positions and things like that. I mean, who else would we put as our missions director here, our missions pastor, you know? But how do you think you ended up into that place? Uh, you know what I mean? Even like maybe what was a key experience you can remember? where you say, man, this is what put me in the missions? 
Well, I know since I was very young, it was constantly spoken into me by different people um, that I would speak to nations, speak to thousands, and it was just a, it was a prophecy that was spoken into me over my whole life. And I heard it, but I never really thought a whole lot about it. And my grandmother was a uh, missionary. And um, I always looked up to her. She went all over the place, and I got to see that. And um, she asked me my sophomore year of high school to go on a mission trip to Honduras with her. So I was like, well, I'll try it out. I didn't even have a heart for it yet. I just loved people. I loved to travel. I was excited about it. So I was like, yeah, I'll go. And so we went, and it was the most amazing experience I ever. I mean, it wasn't the most primitive, but it was literally, I mean, we were getting to see people come to know Jesus. Yeah. And, and it was such a different perspective that we would we went and no one was worried about time it wasn't you know the atmosphere over there was so different they were just hungry yeah. and seeing their hunger drove me to just oh i want to give where where a need needs to be met and i want to serve where you know where it needs to be served and so that's really the main thing that that drew me to that and then from there because i fell in love with it um i just started pursuing missions and um before I went on my next mission trip, God spoke to me and said, I want you to start something here in this community um, because your community has to have it before you ever go overseas again. You're, you have to have something in this community. Community comes first. So that's where the soup kitchen came out of, and, and we'll probably get more into that later. But um, Awesome. Yeah. Colby, what about you? How, uh, do you? how do you end up being <laughs> outreach pastor? Uh, honestly, uh it, it, it was just all God ordained and kind of set up because, uh, you know, I really didn't have uh, what I felt like would be my ministry purpose. I knew what my purpose was in Christ. And then when I come here to Life Church and I, I got under you as far as like leadership and, and the pastor here at Life Church, and uh, uh, it was just kind of sewed into me. You just, you just find where you fit in, you find your people, and then you serve. And so, for about five years, just kind of did that. We really honestly uh, know as far as uh, ministry direction. I didn't have any. Mm -hmm. But then uh, uh, just out of some things God put in my life, uh, some revelations of who Holy Spirit was in my life, uh, it actually started with just a hunger just to start to see the miraculous. And I know that sounds weird as far as where it's going to go to outreach. But for me, I, I was just so intrigued as God began to unfold that revelation to me about how that applied outside of here, outside of the building, right. outside of a Sunday morning meeting. And it was all Holy Spirit because He was beginning to push me into an area of where I could uh, begin to move in our community. And uh, he was just creating a culture in me and risk. And little did I know this whole time he's creating a passion and a zeal for a particular avenue and who he is and, you know, something he could unfold in my life. It was preparing me for that very thing, that I, right. I, I could lead a team in this community to just be the hands and feet of Jesus, you know. It's just, uh, and as that hunger developed, that's kind of where it came from, you know, just I got hungry to see uh, when I go to the grocery store, when we go to the gas station, man, we could be loading the boat to go fishing, but we're going to run into people that need Jesus. And it just became a hunger just to see how effective we can be as sons and daughters of Christ outside of this place this is our hub this is where we build community this is where we feed people but then we got to take this this culture we're creating here and show how effective and influential it is out there right. man we're just we're creating warriors for jesus that can go back to normal secular jobs and just 
just begin to just establish the kingdom. Right. And out of that, it was just a hunger. It's just all Holy Spirit, man. He just began to download stuff. And, and then out of that hunger, he just began to develop and show me, hey, this is where you're going to be effective and this is what I have for you. And, and then outreach just kind of come out of that, you know. Awesome. I remember when, when you was seeking, I'm going to bring it up because it's just what I do. <laughs> but I remember God gave, gave you a prophetic word, too, about filling an evangelical role in this church. You remember that? Yes, I do. And that man. was right around the same time. Yeah, because it, it, was, it was so wild because it was, it was so far outside of what I could really wrap my mind around yeah. as far as where he was carrying me. And it's yeah. like God was so gracious to only... He's so excellent in all that he does. He only gave it in pieces I could handle. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's so true. like, yeah. The only the only thing I had at that time was that you would fill an evangelical role in his church, and we didn't have. I told him I didn't know nothing. We did. That was all God said. <laughs> yeah. And then you didn't have nothing else. That was it, man. And then it started this thing where it was just seeking and why? Are, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and it, yeah, that's exactly what it was. That was right. awesome. Because if I, if the other pieces wouldn't have been there. That word would have it would have crippled me yeah. because it was such a a heavy word for uh for what I would say as an immature Christian yeah. because I I wasn't real mature I was mature in my word and mature in my study and prayer and I was growing but to say that I was gonna fill the role of an evangelist in a church that's growing like this church that pure anxiety over <laughs> feeling like I needed to do it a correct way yeah. would have just destroyed me that's a good point so it was it was crazy because god's timing kept setting things up for the next piece and then Mm -hmm. when that evangelical word come in it wasn't oh i I was shocked i was like oh lord i mean you've just been spending eight months preparing me for this word so it was it was amazing how god did that yeah i remember the conversations of, of sitting in the office and and trying to I don't know, almost undo everything we thought we knew about an evangelist. It looks like this, this, and this, and this plus this equals this. And we kept thinking, man, that doesn't fit and it doesn't work. So it was just awesome to, to see the process, you know, even from our from the outside view of seeing the process of how do you fill this role and and, and, and what does it begin to look like. And, and off that, that's perfect. I do want to ask, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask both of y'all actually, what does that look like here as far as the culture of life church? Like if you're filling the evangelistic role you're the outreach pastor what does it look like in the context of life church uh in life church uh we have for for lack of a better term it started with a a passion for our our kids that are at risk our at-risk communities you know just communities that have experienced uh just um poverty on some scales and just just rough situations, mm-hmm. just rough upbringings and stuff like that. Not that that's the only area, but that's kind of where our heart fell first. Right. And so for me here at Life Church Outreach, uh, to me in a community where uh, dads aren't always around and families aren't always still tied together, creating a family culture that can be taken outside of the walls. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to go into a community with a team of believers that are ordained by God to just give out His love, to just love people right where they are. And how real would it be to go into a community and establish family on their home turf? Wow. 
So a family, uh, a community that doesn't know what a real family is supposed to look like, right. you can take the very culture that was created by our father, our, our spiritual fathers in this church, and take it out there to their home place and create that family. Yeah. How, how, how uh, when when people begin to find belonging in family in their own <laughs> community, that change. That to me, that's a game changer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You got to be able to take the love of a father. You know, of a heavenly father to them. That's that's real, man. Well, I mean, you think about it, you're dealing with these at-risk kids. And, and for instance, uh, we we run about 50 to 60 in our high school ministry on Wednesday nights. And and recently I've asked, you know, how many of you have a permanent father in the home or still have your original father in the home? You're talking out of 50 to 60 kids, four or five. So, like you were just saying, if you take that father the love of the father and reestablish that in these young people's lives and they're going back in their own communities with a true understanding of what real love of father is like you said man game changer like, yeah, yeah you win you know what yeah. i mean like you've got it and and, uh, and then we didn't experience a lot when we were growing up but how would you feel like if you feel like your con- your life is a constant battle for attention that you never got? Yeah. See, we all are looking for a sense of belonging and purpose, and that is so what Jesus was. He yeah. he yeah. created the culture of family, and he just pulled you in with compassion yeah. and love. And you got kids, and not only kids, but parents, moms, single moms, that dads have just walked away from the family. How heartbreaking is that? But then you come in with a love and a message that's just of the Father's compassion for you and says, yeah, you may not feel like you belong here, but there's a family that God is calling you into that you'll never feel forsaken, you'll never feel alone, you'll never feel neglected. Single moms, you know, finding backing, you know what right. I mean? Just being compassionate towards people that just need to know the love of Jesus. That's awesome. And, yeah. I think that's, that, well, hang on, the, <laughs> like you was talking about the evangelical role, though, and how we have to untwist some of our heads the way that looks you know what i mean i think we've as a church as a whole has been really good at taking the gospel message and presenting it in different ways Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and usually when you say outreach to somebody they think of all right it's passing out tracks or Mm -hmm. preaching at somebody or you know what i mean we've all seen these different Mm -hmm. kinds of things but Think about how much more effective the love of the Father is in those environments. You're just unleashing heaven right there where they're at. Shit. That's real. That's and, and it was undoing the idea of evangelist that an evangelist is a guy that travels with a suitcase and he mm-hmm. stays seven nights at your church That's and then true. he's gone. And, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And so much of that has just been, to me, turned upside down. Yeah, because if you if if you get like a prophetic word like was with the evangelist word and stuff like that, you have... As a body and as uh, as as people growing up in the church and beginning to mature, you have to make sure that when you get a word and you feel Holy Spirit moving you in a direction, that you don't take someone else's journey and apply it to your word. That's true. Because your word's specific for you. God created you with a specific mind, a specific personality, and he's got traits in you that are going to be effective that nobody else can do. So you have to be so nurturing of a word and say, and I wasn't at first. You know, it took time. It took spiritual leaders to speak into me. But if you take time to hear out Holy Spirit and say, what does this mean for me? Man, he just, he unfolds it. He's good. That's awesome. All right, Taylor. What about you? Missions. We we say that, and I know immediately everybody thinks 
I'm going to Africa. I'm going to preach in the bush, which you've done, and you're going to do again, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But but in the context of here at Life Church, I know a while ago you mentioned the soup kitchen, but but in the context of what it looks like here, the culture and the mindset and, and all that, how would you explain it for here at Life Church, personal to us? Well, you know, like you said, it's not all about going overseas, but... Um, my grandmother actually said the quote once that being a missionary is not about crossing the sea, but just seeing the cross. That seeing oh, the cross good. in every situation, seeing seeing the cross, seeing grace, yeah. to being able to come up on you know a family who is in so much need, and being able to extend the grace, extend the helping hand, and and I always say just extending, being the love, being the hands and feet of Jesus, right. and that's something that Holy Spirit just has really instilled into me that everywhere I go just be the hands and feet of Jesus and that's what I want for Life Church is for us to so take on a mindset that it doesn't matter how much time we have to give up how much of a sacrifice that we have to make that if there's a need that we meet that need and I want us to always see that and also that you know our community is our family you know, we, we, we've created a community here at Life Church, and we see these people as our family. We do life with them. Well, what makes it different from our, you know, community, our public community? You know, that's our family. And if you, the people that we're close with that are our family and our, our biological family, you know, when, when they're in need, we, all, we do whatever we can to help them. We'll give them money. We help. We lend a hand. We help them get to where they need to go. We encourage them. And I see the same thing as for our community, like that comes in on, on soup kitchen nights that we have here. You know, I want to, to invest everything that I have into them. And so I want Life Church to, to become so mission-minded, I guess, in that way that serving in whatever way needs to be served and, and, and uh, helping in whatever way, need, you know, however there needs to be help and just doing that, being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's so awesome. That's good. Uh, you, you threw out Soup Kitchen. Walk us through it. it explain, you know, what does a Soup Kitchen night look like? What does it entail uh, here at Life? Um, so on every last Thursday of the month, we have people come in from the community who are poor, who are lost, who are hungry, and who are very emotionally broken, spiritually broken. And um, they, a lot of people come in and they receive a hot meal. They receive um, groceries, and then they get clothes. And this just also gives us a time to minister to them. We usually open up with an encouraging word, and people come to us, and they ask for prayer, and we'll pray over them, encourage them. We've had so many testimonies from Soup Kitchen, but, you know, this community is our responsibility. And these poor people that are coming in are, are ours. They're our responsibility. They're our, they're our people. And I guess for us to just all begin to take on that same mindset, you know, Soup Kitchen has been incredible. It has been awesome. And people leave there. We've had people tell us, you know, I was so broken when I came in and I was dealing with these things. But through you guys, through God, you have just so encouraged me. And I leave here with a better mindset. I leave here (laughs) in a positive mindset, even though I know sometimes I have to go back to a bad situation or a bad home life. I still leave here with, with Jesus instilled in me, with Jesus deposited in me. It's just awesome. I love being a part of it. That is so awesome. This, this is really why I wanted to bring y'all in together tonight because uh, we're beginning to see it now, the parallels of what y'all do, that that one may be broader as far as, like you said, we do go overseas and, and, and planning to go again this year. And, and one's just what we consider outreach is just opportunities in the community or whatever. But it's so awesome to see these, how we've, different facets i guess you would say of creating opportunities just to love people 
That's the part mm-hmm. that just keeps coming back to mind to whether, whether it is going across the seas, whether it is in the community or at the nursing home or if it's here at the soup kitchen. It's just like we're looking like, man, there's somebody I can love well today. You know what I mean? There's somebody that yeah. needs to experience the love of Jesus and, and to hear y'all's heart of just looking for those where, mm-hmm. wherever and whenever. Um, as a matter of fact, I want y'all, uh, either one of y'all, uh, just give us a testimony. I want to hear just either from soup kitchen or from outreach in the community, just one of those that you you always keep it with you, you know what I mean? Or you're just ready to throw that testimony down. You know what I'm saying? What do you what do y'all got? Stone testimonies. Yeah. Oh man, come on. We've had a <laughs> lot here over the past year. Uh you wanna go first? Or you want me? You go ahead. All right, uh uh one for me was it wasn't like some extravagant uh like miracle or anything like that. But uh one day I got off work, and I'd actually worked on a Saturday, which normally I'm off and at my regular job. And uh, I left work, and there had been a lady uh, from the previous week. We had done a, a like an outreach kind of event, uh, for lack of a better term. We did blow-ups, handed out hot dogs, stuff like that. And I found a woman, a, a single lady, older lady that lived by herself, and um, she needed a yard mode. Well, I... It was just one of those days where, like, I, I didn't have any extra time, and I was like, you know what, I, I just need to go do this. It was, just like, it was Holy Spirit just pressing me. So I went and loaded up my lawnmower, and I took off to uh, Brownville uh, around that area where she lived at, and I unloaded my lawnmower and went up there, motor yard, weed-eated. And when I did, I just happened to realize that everybody was out hanging out that evening in their yards. So uh, I just took off, man, just took off walking and went to all these different houses. And before I know it, I was in a house with about 15 people that I had never met before, loving on them, telling them about Jesus. Getting, I got to pray with one lady that had something wrong with her knee. She uh, Actually, the pain left her knee. She had felt a lot better. But what was so crazy is it was in the midst of they were kind of drinking and barbecuing, but I it was so cool to me that within a two minute span <laughs> where a place that like when I first got sca- saved, I would have been kind of nervous to go. That Holy Spirit just opened up the door that everybody happened to be outside. So like, <laughs> but it was so much fun to see that like these were people that were so excited in a sense to see people in like that cared like mm-hmm. that just I, I wasn't looking at them differently because of the two different uh sides of the river we come from <laughs> and for lack of a better right. term you know what i mean yeah like it was so cool and it's like to me i can carry that testimony when i don't feel good and when i don't feel motivated when i don't feel like i've got it all together and i don't feel like i got the best plan for outreach for this community i can just look back and say you know what holy spirit you have opened every door and there's people in this community that want to be loved. There's yeah. people that want to build community, build relationships, and they're just looking for people that will just stop, slow down, and invest. Yeah. And so for me, that's just been one of those moments, like man, where like, if if I ever go to question anything, I can pull it up on my phone, on my iPad. I've got that thing wrote down everywhere I can find it. It was just one of those moments that I'll look back on for the rest of my life and say, uh. I know God brought me to Columbia because this is my town, this is my community, and these are my people. That's yeah, awesome. That's good. For me, one just happened recently at our last soup kitchen. Um, we were going around taking videos of different people in the community that come and just kind of getting their testimonies of what the soup kitchen has done for them, what 
um, God has done for them and just hearing that type of thing. And, uh, it was the last video I did. I come up to one of the guys who's been coming a long time and doesn't really talk much. You don't really, you don't really know what he's thinking. You just, he's there. You love on him. You just kind of see him passing. And he said he wanted to do a video. Well, the things that he said literally just brought tears to my eyes because he said, you don't understand what this soup kitchen has done for me, what God has done for me. And he said, it's opened up my eyes not only to the love of the Father, but how how much how many people out there truly love you? He said, you know, I, I come from a hard background, and he said, I don't have a lot of people in my life who I can honestly say just love me and would do anything for me. He said, but when I come to this church on Thursday night, I can honestly see the true love behind these wow. people. And that in itself so encouraged me because a soup kitchen goes— a lot of work goes into the soup kitchen. I mean, yeah. cooking and cleaning and setting up tables and buying groceries and— all these different things and sometimes you don't know if it's affecting people and to hear that to hear somebody say you don't realize the the effect that it's having on my life immediately you know it's already worth it but puts it so much more into perspective wow. that this is worth it yeah. this is worth you know spending the time investing in these people because it's touching them more than we even realize it's planting a seed more than we realize and just a testimony as a whole is the trust that we've seen, the relationships that have been built yeah. through the soup kitchen. Because when we first, I remember the very first night, me and Courtney were standing there at the window getting ready to serve, and we just looked at each other like, are you ready for this? <laughs> like, we don't know what to expect, about how many people we're going to see. Like, we just we just hope, we just hope, hope, hope it goes good. And we just prayed. I remember just being in constant prayer all day long with the first soup kitchen. And then to see it now, almost three years into it, to see relationships that we have just, we have made and kept. And now seeing these people in the grocery stores and in our banks and stuff come to, hey, how's life? How's this? Like, we love you. And just seeing those connections, it's that's, been the trust so, forming awesome. is awesome. That's where it's at. It's building the relationships. And it was so exciting. I, I, I wasn't there when it happened. I didn't get to see it or whatever. But y'all shared the other night the testimony of the woman who couldn't lift her arm up. Yes. She had the shoulder problem. Had, yes. it re had surgery or was supposed to have surgery? Yes. But anyway, couldn't lift her arm, and then after praying, she was able to lift her arm up. And I think I got that on video, didn't Yeah, you? we did. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy because um, it was so awesome you brought that up. I, I, I always want to tell this testimony and thank Holy Spirit for giving it back, but there was one where we were kind of tied together. There was one mm -hmm. uh, of a lady when we first, when Taylor first uh, got this, of what the soup kids were going to like. We first, I think it was like maybe the third one they had ever done. Uh, I was actually at work working nights and I couldn't make the soup kitchen and she called me and there was a lady that had come to the soup kitchen that had stage four cancer. Her mom did. Her mom did. Had stage four cancer <clears throat> and she needed prayer. So I'm, I, I've never been the type that like I could pray over somebody on the phone. I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, can you pray? Can you touch somebody through the phone? But I remember at work, I stepped outside and got to pray. Taylor had prayed with her before she called me, and then the lady actually called me. And I got to pray with the lady on the phone, and I think it was a year, mm. almost a year for me before I ever met the lady oh, again. Yeah. But I, we were at a random soup kitchen one night, and Taylor come up to me, and she goes, I got somebody I want you to meet. And we went over to this table, and a lady that they were talking like she had maybe four to six months to live, mm -hmm 
was at our soup kitchen a year later. So on the <laughs> way to the table, I didn't even know who she was. Yeah. And when she goes, do you know who I am? I said, no, man. And she goes, well, you called me on the phone about a year ago. And when she said it, I just started <laughs> squalling. But it was so amazing to me that a woman come in, and when she left, she wasn't immediately healed with cancer, but she left with such a peace and joy and a connection that she was coming back wow. a year later and seeing it full circle healing from what was supposed to be devastating, yeah. just completely healed. And I just thought that was, that was one of the ones that stick with me forever. It was amazing. <laughs> They've had a lot of healings in soup yes. kitchen. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. And what's awesome is when they come back the next month and they just, they got to find you. <laughs> yeah, like, they're so excited. You ain't going to believe what happened. But like, like, no, that. I do believe you. <laughs> yeah. The guy we prayed for is back. Yeah. Oh, and uh -huh. he got healed of cancer mm -hmm. or something. It was cancer. I know it was. Yeah. But he kept coming back and I was never there. Mm -hmm. he, he kept, I never met him. Never <laughs> met him and seen him again. Yeah. That's nuts. But there's just people, the relationships too, you see at uh, a soup kitchen. Yeah. Like there's several guys that come in and I do not talk about fishing to nobody but those guys. Right. <laughs> like, how's them perch fighting? I mean, that's what they want to talk exactly. about. Exactly. And what, you know, that's what they're going to bring to the table, you know? And, yeah. And I they think like it's that, talking about it. I think it's that belonging that Colby brought up a while ago. You know I mean? You're willing to go into that and talk that stuff, you know, because, you know what I mean? You want them to feel like they just belong and they're a part of it, yeah. you know? And, and, and like you said, it's all about that family culture. And when they come in and they feel like they can sit down and talk with family, even though... You know, we have nothing in common, and we never get to see them, yeah. really. But, uh, so. It's so crazy to me how such a complex amount, like there's so many people from so many different backgrounds, so many different walks of life can have so much in common in <laughs> one place. Like, yeah. it's all yeah. Holy Spirit. You just see him set wow. doors it's, unlocked. Yeah, because, like, I mean, it's constant words and knowledge. You get to test words and knowledge like crazy. <laughs> no, we always test them words and knowledge. Yeah. And be like, man, you got anything? <laughs> yeah, I got something, but I ain't got a clue who it is. <laughs> you sitting there looking at a hundred people, and you ain't got a clue. Yeah. I mean, you know somebody's ear hurts, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever your word of knowledge is. But right. and then it's the kids too, man. That's my biggest yeah. thing. My kids love serving at soup right. kitchen yes. more than. Oh and man. They're like eight, nine years old, yeah. six years old. And that's crazy. Yeah, we got pictures of Steven. I mean, five years old, yeah. sitting behind the counter, just handing stuff out and giving or think it about the, throwing stuff away. What about the <laughs> other churches where their kids come in and stuff? Right, man. Yes. That has been. That's crazy. Right. And think about this, man. You're talking about the next generation. You're talking about yeah. kids that our ceiling will be their floor. Right. Like, yeah. they'll just come in and be like, it's just natural yeah, for me to spend my we've weekend done this since serving. We were five. Yeah. You know what what y'all talking about? Like where some people may be stressing about how am I gonna find the time to do this and go volunteer and help. It'll just be like I don't have time for anything else. This yeah. is my life. What are you talking about? It's four Thursday, huh? <laughs> Come on, man. That's so good. I wanna throw this this may be a kind of curveball. Um, but I just feel like this will connect with somebody like for real. I want to know, and we'll just do this quickly because I do want to move on to this stuff, but in coming into your, your position, your ministry, where you're at right now, you as the missions director of a growing church and just things that are going on, the opportunities that are opening up, and, and even you, Colby, as the outreach pastor and things like that, what is a struggle, not in the ministry itself, what is a struggle you had of maybe believing that that spot was for you? Does that make sense? You get what I'm saying? Of, of when yeah. you heard this is where you're headed and all of a sudden all of a sudden you start, you know what I mean? No, it can't be me. I'm 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm, you know what I mean? So, so just briefly dive into that. What was the struggle? Maybe what was the mindset? And how did you go at it? How do you attack something like that? For me, it was so much of the I'm not qualified. <laughs> the first time that it was spoken to me that I would speak to people, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't speak in front of nobody. <laughs> like, that just doesn't happen. And just the... I knew the time that it that would go into it and and everything and but but for the most part it was just the feeling unqualified mm-hmm. feeling that I don't have what it takes to to because all my life I never don't get me wrong like I my my family never had to just struggle I'm sure there were times that my parents went through really you know hard times financially that I never you know that I never even knew about but but we were very blessed growing up and so I was like how how am I supposed to be there for people who are poor be there for people who have nothing or there for somebody who's who's been through all these things that I've never been a part of but then it come all comes back to the just Holy Spirit I mean you have got that's one thing is walking in this as a as a missions director and and leading people is just knowing that Holy Spirit you're gonna have to come through because I've never been where this person is, and I need you to shed some light here. That's and good. That's really and good. there's yeah. been I've been in situations before where Holy Spirit, it's almost like He allowed me to see into their situation, and it's through times like that that He's allowed me. Okay, put yourself in their shoes for a minute, see what they're dealing with, and so that was the hardest part for me is just feeling like I don't have anything to offer, mm-hmm. but then Holy Spirit is coming through every time and making a way for that. That's awesome. Man, for me, uh, honestly, I've never really even talked about this much because, I don't know, it's something I was kind of ashamed of for a while. But uh, when I when I first come into ministry and, and God started putting all these puzzle pieces together, uh, something I was really scared of that I felt like I wouldn't be able to lead anything as far as this church or, or any ministry for that wise was inconsistency. Uh, it was something that I was just... It was all self-inflicted, but I battled with very early. Like, not a sin cycle, none of that stuff. It was all stuff of on-fire, passionate, zealous one moment to uh, kind of, I'm just riding this thing out the next month. You know what I mean? Like I, Yeah, I was in this rotation, and I kept feeling this pull to go deeper into the Holy Spirit and go deeper into my relationship with Him. And then and the outreach started coming up. Immediately, I started saying, well, to be effective and outreach it's all about consistency you know we've talked this whole time about relationship building trust with people that they when they see your face you're bringing jesus you're bringing healing you're bringing everything the kingdom has to offer and immediately i went into this so i just i'll never be able to build their trust you know i don't know how to break this cycle of inconsistency in my life and then holy spirit started just showing me that all it was was I would get these words and passionate uh, uh, revelations that just increased my hunger to just go deeper with Him, and I wasn't stewarding the hunger well. And out of not stewarding the hunger well, He personally, Holy Spirit, very intimately and personally, because it was a struggle. It was something I didn't want to talk about because I was just very ashamed that I could have something so precious as the gift of Jesus and I wasn't stewarding it well. So it broke my heart in a sense, so I didn't really want to deal with it with people. And out of that, I would always disqualify myself to lead anything in a community where you you want people to trust you. You want people to know that you're loving them 
consistently yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, Holy Spirit began to show me what the source of that was, and then you know when He started beginning to break that off my life and show me, you know, Colby, it's not a, uh, it doesn't have to be this way. It's not, it's not me. I'm not walking away from you. I'm calling you deeper all the time. And yeah. here's some areas I want to trim off. I want to take this away. So. Because he's, and it was so cool because Holy Spirit started showing me it breaks my heart when you feel this way because I'm your dad. I love you. I've got the best for you. And when you feel this way about yourself, you just draw away from me and it breaks my heart too. So when he started showing me that, man, it just, it changed my whole world. And, uh, but that was my biggest struggle starting out. So it was beautiful for me and very joyful to see that taking off my life and be able to move forward. That's real. Yeah, I think they're both areas that I don't know if anyone's exempt from. You know, what I mean, there's always that time of you feel like you disqualify yourself. Maybe it is inconsistency, or you know, what I mean, just a lack of commitment. And then, man, who doesn't go through the "I'm not qualified"? Like, yeah. God, there's 50 people that could do this better than I could do yeah. it. You know, uh, so I just I wanted that part to come out tonight for anyone that may be listening. You know, that's in that area, that struggle right now of knowing that. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be this way. I think a lot of times we just buy into, well, that's just who I am, and yeah. that's the way I'm going to be, and I'll have to deal with it. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. I think what's crazy is like what Kobe was saying is a lot of times we compare ourselves with the, with the highlight reels of ministers. Yeah, yeah that's if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. the the time you're getting ministered to by a minister, mm-hmm. uh, they're up there on fire. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and. I know in our church they're on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, you're you're comparing yourself with that highlight reel, and you, right. so you get that disqualification. Yeah. Uh, instead of letting those moments where you don't feel fire draw you closer to God, right? It right. draws you. It's like a natural thing to introvert. I have no idea why, because I'm total extrovert, but I do it too. Yeah. And I want to introvert even from God and be like. Uh, I just yeah. need to chill. Let me work time. this out. <laughs> Let me get some chill time. You know. Let yeah. me be selfish for a minute. Yeah. When really he's just wanting to draw us close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think if we realize that as Christians, we'll see that we begin to thrive and not ride these roller coasters as much as it's yeah. like. Okay, I don't have to. I, I already see this pattern of introverting. All right, now I know I need to just turn to him and go for it because yeah. <laughs> this is a time where I normally introvert. Right. And in that the real definition of repentance. Right. That's, that's, that's a total mind change. Change your mind, and that's so real to me because you. I like the way you use it as is is in those times. It's it's us introverting. It's not God moving no, 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 from no. us. Yeah. It's yeah. us moving from because you can see like how how destructive that could be. When I said how my passion started for outreach, that's where Satan would get me. That's where the enemy would get me. Is when I introverted, then the very thing that burned inside of me for people. It's all about extrovert. It's about being outgoing. It's yeah. about creating a culture of risk in your own life. And then when you start introverting, it starts robbing you of the very thing you burn for. Yeah. So it's like, it just feels like weight after brick after brick just being piled on your life. And then Satan just capitalizes mm-hmm. on that. He says, well, if you're going to pull from your life source... I will look at everything you're not doing that you love to <laughs> yeah. do, and then you don't feel qualified to do it. So it's just, it's a very destructive pattern. You know? It's like a cycle. You're just on the cycle. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's really, it reminds me of a, there's an old definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting to get different results. Right. That's like 
the total epitome of Christian insanity <laughs> that we live these cycles as Christians and and then the introvert and then we get on fire and God will give us a fresh revelation and it's like oh I'm on fire <laughs> and then you're introvert yeah then, <laughs> well it's so crazy it's so real yeah, yeah it's, it's for real dude but I, I think one of the greatest words was when you talked to me that one day because it was so cool you definitely got to find your people if anybody listens to this and sees this cycle in their life because it's so good to have people that can invest in you yes. when yeah. they see the cycle and you don't right and I remember getting that word of uh, Holy Spirit actually gave Scott that word for me that was you've got to learn to pull your mountains down and pull your valleys yeah, yeah, up yeah. It, that my whole life was mountains and valleys I would get super stoked want to burn the world down for the glory of God and then next week <laughs> I yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> set the world on fire there we go we don't burn go. it down but it was uh, and then the burn next, baby burn <laughs> and then a month later just be you know uh, just for lack in the of lowest time. valley. Yeah, yeah, staying above water. And when he gave me that word, I started trying to say, God, I, Holy Spirit, help me to recognize when the mountains come. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, even past the valleys, for me it was the mountains because I hated being the person that got so zealous to just burn out. You know, to me that was so, drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. So when I got that word, I said, Holy Spirit, when these zealous moments of just, when you give me a revelation or I see an amazing miracle and it just wants to just ignite you, allow me to harness it to be progressive. You know what I mean? Don't let me just burn so bright in the moment to fizzle out right. in a week. You know, It really teaches you how to humble yourself. Yeah. To me, that for me, it's what it is. It's like, okay, it's all great and it's all awesome right now, but I already know. I know the cycle. So let's just humble myself. Remember, I'm back here. Be the carpet. That's what BJ told me at the time. <laughs> Be the carpet. Just <laughs> go low. And and you don't have to ride that roller coaster. You learn that. That's so real. That's good. So what's a goal? Taylor, what's a goal for, for this year, for, for the missions of Life Church? What's a goal this year that, that you would just love to accomplish? Well, I definitely, I said this earlier, but I definitely want this church to become mission-minded. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge goal for me um, that I would really like to see accomplished. And by that, I just mean that we see our soup kitchen, we see that as our mission field. And we see this community as our mission field and the people that come into this church as our mission field. And um, that that definitely become a goal, but not only that, but to create, we're sweet, I've God has started putting together a team of, I believe, missionaries coming in and who have the same heart as I do and seeing them grow and stuff. And I want to see that team grow so much to where, you know, we can have maybe a, a team going out uh, even across the seas and a, a team staying here to, to feed the community, and uh, maybe a team going to New Orleans. You know, I want to see teams sprouting up under each other and that I not only be the right. only missionary of this church, <laughs> but other missionaries sprouting up and growing. And uh, I definitely I want to see that. I believe it's coming. So Yeah, that's awesome. Outreach? What about you? Uh, uh, one goal this year. What is one it? One goal. Uh, for me, it's kind of a threefold thing. The way Holy Spirit. I said one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all wrapped in one. But uh, the way Holy Spirit showed me one that God has given me an incredible passion this year for single mothers and teen moms. Uh, 
you know, I think I don't want to rake it under the rug anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I can't stop every teenager from getting themselves in bad situations or a, an unfavorable situation. But we can be the body of Christ and love them where they are. So oh, God man. is just this year, uh, I want life church that when a, 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 a teen mom comes on the scene or a single parent trying to make ends meet that when they feel like I'm at my ropes in, I know I can go to Life Church. I'll find support. I'll find love that is just uh, loves me where I'm at and never judges me. And, and that we can just be supportive financially if that's the need and in any single way. But uh, that's the one major one this year. But the other one is to just begin to establish that we are the family that creates family in a community. That we as a body uh, begin to see our potential in Christ that we walk in the his ability and not our own that I can he said as a disciple of him I'll walk in signs wonders and miracles and if I had to say it'd be any other thing is that people begin to find their meaning and calling and know that I can walk and literally change the atmosphere and the course of somebody's life and then they start to do it I want, I want people to do that that is good I got one question. Yeah. Uh, since we're we at Life Church, we're all family oriented. Uh, it's a huge priority mm -hmm. uh, for everybody here. Newly married, doing ministry together. Give me. <laughs> I'm looking single word answers. Let's make it real interesting. <laughs> single word answers as far as one strength and one weakness of doing ministry together here at this church. <laughs> like as a couple, like as a couple. Yes. Yeah, one word. You're in ministry together, so give me a strength and a weakness. And if you can't do one word, that's cool. But one strength, one weakness, of one or one strength, one struggle. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Of of doing ministry together. Uh, for me, the weakness. I'll just go ahead and lead off of that. Uh, one weakness would be to be staying equally yoked. That's a struggle for me uh, because you got two ministries, two hearts, two passions, and then God called us to be in one mind and one accord. That when we come together, we complete each other. We're completed in Christ. When we come together, we become one. So that's making sure at all times my, her spiritual uh, uh, move growth and my spiritual growth are growing together. Uh, wow. To me, that's a struggle. And, and making sure to steward that well is a struggle. For me, a struggle, and I want this to come out right. But, <laughs> uh -oh, uh -oh. But, uh, for me, a struggle would be, I guess it's just the right word, I don't really know what other word to use, is competition, if that makes sense. I feel you. Whether one's doing better than the other. Yes. Because, and... and then, and up to reiterate on that, the, the strength would be that it grows each other. I don't know how growth <laughs> but because I'll instead of it becoming a negative thing of competing and seeing oh well he's doing really good over here well I have to do really good over here instead <laughs> of it just encouraging you to to just grow and not seeing that as a negative wow that's neat but just seeing it as hey you know he's really excelling in this area what can I learn from him yeah. what what is he doing that's that weird. I'm not doing yeah. that's I need that wow so that's, awesome. that's something that I've recently had to Holy Spirit, how to teach me how to do. and My, my strength of it would be is that 
what I thought would be a weakness is a strength, and it's that we are two different people, two different yeah. personalities, and that I have to learn how she's teaching me how to view people differently because that's she good. views them differently than yeah, I view them. Fresh perspective, that's good. And, and she'll get, and what's funny is because at first, like when I started moving forward in this, in a certain area, like I would, I'd be kind of like protective of the process. So mm-hmm. like she would be standing on the outside seeing my pitfall coming <laughs> or seeing what's coming up next with a good discerning wisdom and learning to see that that was a God-given strength that yeah. she sees things that I may not and that I can see things that she may not and and then in together being that one only wanting the best for each other yeah. you know I can say hey babe this is an area that you know I see that you're spiritually maybe lacking and knowing that that and in itself that. <laughs> yeah that in itself is a strength because you got somebody you spend your entire life with you go wake up together you go to bed together and they see when you're starting to struggle and maybe strive instead of rest that's a big one for me mm-hmm. and then she can say hey you are literally stepping out of identity and into workmanship and i need you to uh, chill you're spinning out your wheels, yeah. and when she, you know what i mean really your wife good. is your biggest strength and if anyone else would like to sign up for marriage counseling <laughs> you can contact us at <laughs> that's, that's so stuff. real look guys we're about to run out of time but I I want to end with this and I have to tell Colby to keep it short because he's terrible at that <laughs> but for real right here lastly if there was someone listening to this podcast right now and they feel like maybe they're headed in the same direction as either of you maybe in the they're, they're just drawn to outreach or to missions or or maybe it's not necessarily ministry they just feel that that's their heart you know what I mean? Like they're, they're feeling drawn. They're connecting to everything you're saying tonight. What would be your word to them right now? Maybe words of encouragement. Maybe even a word of warning of, of be careful and watch out for this. But right now, if you had just a short, Colby, a short <laughs> word for them. And Taylor, I want you to go as well. I want y'all, you know what I mean? What could you say to that person right now? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I guess to just be to seek it out. Um, pray about it most importantly um, and don't be afraid to take the risk to do it um, even if you do feel unqualified at the time or you know just the very fact of Jesus being with you qualifies you so throw out that you're not qualified and just begin to just seek what 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 God's heart is behind missions it's there's constant scriptures all throughout the Bible that just talk about um, going and preaching the gospel to all the nations and being the hands and feet of Jesus, just seek it out, find God's heart behind it, and um, just don't jump too quick, I would say. Just um, trust Him mm-hmm. and take the risk. Um, quick answer, be honest with you, it would just be uh, understand who you are. You're a son or a daughter, and you've got everything in you you need to do whatever Holy Spirit's leading you to do, and then risk it. Risk all of it. Risk dignity, risk pride. None of that stuff matters. It has no eternal value. Just begin to cultivate in your own personal life and then your church, wherever you're plugged in at, wherever you belong to, they'll 
they'll benefit from your life of risk. And have a life of risk, love when you don't feel like loving, be compassionate when you don't feel like being compassionate because Jesus got tired, Jesus wanted rest, but he always loved first. And there will be days when you're tired, wore out, and you don't feel like doing it, but we weren't created to do what we feel like doing. We were created to love like Jesus. So just do that. Don't go off of feelings. Just go off of Jesus and yes. Holy Spirit. Something out of that real quick is, is when you start pursuing that, if you don't see it begin to just go exactly the way you want to the very first time you ever step out and do yeah. it, don't let that scare you into pushing forward. Use that as the driving force to, hey, I want to go deeper. I want to know more and just excel at whatever you, whatever you end up doing. Failure is always success if you're doing it for the kingdom. There's no yes. such thing as That's failure good. in Jesus. That's what I was going to ask. Is like, <laughs> all right, you push all this risk. You're bound to experience failure or what we determine failure right. a lot of times. I realized I had to redefine failure right? because a lot of times what I thought failure was, God thought was success. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, but what would you say? Greatest uh, thing I would say that I literally have it as a background on my phone is a quote by Francis Chan. He said, my greatest fear is not a failure, but to succeed at things that don't matter. Is we spend our whole life channeling to win in certain areas, but I'll uh, I'll do my best at this job, but I failed in this area. Well, we don't we don't quit our job when we fail. Why do yeah. we feel the same way with our wow. callings? Like step out, step out, invest everything, and even if you miss the word of knowledge. Pray for the healing yeah. and don't see it. You just literally invested credits in the kingdom that God is going to pour out when he sees ready. Man, that's good. Mm. It's yeah. all, God, if we believe that God is as good as he says he is and that he is faithful, that every time I step out and I sow seed that is kingdom seed, I'm. if I don't reap it right now, I'm going to get to even better reap it for all of eternity. Yeah, if you, I don't see... That failure, speaking on failure, I don't think you could ever go wrong sowing in love. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you're rooted in love. That's it. That'd be my one thing, because even if you don't see the healing, hit mm. the word of knowledge, yeah. hit the prophetic word, or mm. whatever it is, you didn't fail. Because right. somebody got loved on you. Love them. somebody. That's right. Man. You know what I mean? So that's that, it, man. And love that, God, love people. And if that's the final outcome of your day is that you can lay down in bed at night, not that somebody got healed, not that somebody got some big prophetic word, but somebody walked away knowing they have a Father in Heaven that loves them past everything they've ever done, that's that's the win. Man, yeah. that's good. What's that scripture, Josh? I know you, you know your Bible. What's that scripture? <laughs> Don't call me out. Where the, where, the, where the prophecies will go away and this will go away and all this stuff will go away, but at the end of the day, you're left with faith, hope, and love. Love the greatest is the greatest. Of love. First Corinthians 13. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the ones where, you know what I mean? Uh, if I could speak with tongues of angels yeah. and say all the prophets ain't do that without love, man, you're just noisy and annoying. Yeah. That's <laughs> really what he's saying. Uh, That's good. Man, this has been good tonight, guys. Uh, so I do want to throw this out really quick for anyone that's listening. Look, this uh, coming in September, right? Mm -hmm. Taylor will be taking a team to Kenya, yep. Kenya, Africa, on a mission trip last year. Man, we're going to have to get you back and let you just talk about everything that happened yeah, last man. time. <laughs> uh, but just so many incredible things happened. But um, 
Anyway, y'all be going in September, right? They're fundraising right now. If anyone's listening right now and you want to give, look, go to our website. You can contact us through the website somehow. We will get it to where you can give. You can invest into this missions trip. Uh, we've seen so much good stuff out of it. And also, Taylor has a GoFundMe, right? Yes. On oh. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. So if you if you look up, spell your name, Taylor. Taylor Schultz, uh, T-A-Y-L-O-R. And then Schultz is... S-H-O-A-T-S. Yes. Go look her up on Facebook and go check out the GoFundMe. and Yeah, support this missing trip. It's, yes. it's so awesome. Yeah. We're Great expecting. stuff coming out of this. So uh, this has been Connect Series uh, with our Outreach and Missions pastors, Colby and Taylor Schultz. Look, I thank you guys so much for being on here. Thank you all for sharing your heart, your, your struggles, your victories, the testimonies, all of it. And I want to thank all of you for listening and stay, uh, staying with us. Uh, be on the lookout for episode four. You never know who might be stopping by next. Thank you and be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Connect series. For more information, visit lifechurchofcolumbia.org.